All right, I just had to make sure there were no dangle clacks happening there. What's up, everybody? Welcome to or welcome back to TBN. Yeah, we've gone through a lot of changes on this stream. And uh, what we do nowadays is we sort of unpack some news, you know, as it relates to the world of vaping, tobacco, tobacco control, tobacco harm reduction, smoking, you know, cigarettes, nicotine, science, policy, and the such as. I am your libertarian, freedom-loving host, Grim Green, uh, joined today, you know her, you love her, it's our far-left fact-checker, Danielle Jones. Hi, Danielle oh, Jones. socialism for all, guys. Socialism everywhere. And today we're also joined, um, politically, I'm not sure, but it's Alex Clark. Not Jones. Casaw. That's right. Alex, Alex Clark, Clark is here from Casaw. You know, Alex Clark, for the last, like, since Danielle's been on this stream, every time your name comes up, which it, it comes up pretty frequently, like a frequent amount of times, I always call you Alex Jones. And, and I have to correct just, him every time. <laughs> it literally just comes out. I say it like it's your real name. I'm like, Alex Jones, Alex Jones, Alex Jones. Danielle, always Clark, Clark. <laughs> Clark, no Not trying frogs. to be associated with uh, no. InfoWars now? All right. No, no well, not really my thing. Not today, anyway. Well, we got Alex Clark here today, and really what we were going to do was spend, you know, we got some news and some stuff to talk about here at the top of the program, but we're going to spend the majority of this time just really talking about discussing, taking any questions, answering as much as possible, anything and all about this upcoming vape mail ban it's going to be an interesting month and a half. We're halfway through March and we have basically till the end of April till I guess all of the cards finally fall into place because there's a lot of cards kind of up in the air still right now as I understand it. But we're going to get to that when we get there. Um, but there was a few things I wanted to talk about first, you guys. In fact, there were a couple super chats that came in. Unfortunately, who is this first one from? Kosher. Yo, yo, kosher. He says, yo, yo, everyone. Uh, happy Thursday. Happy Tuesday. Nope. We're off to a rough start already. Happy Tuesday, Nick. <laughs> Let's. Oh, man. Oh, is that you, Alex? Bush. That was me. Sorry, I fixed it's it. Bush League. Bush. Bush League. Those darn pop-ups. I know. Um, anyway, here, let's actually read Kosher Coil's uh, super chat. Yo, yo, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Uh, Nick, thanks for the killer shout-out. Much appreciated. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And remember, no matter what anyone tells you, keep on vaping. You're damn right, Kosher Coils, and you know you are. Tanker Monkey, Freedom Grim. I'm worried I haven't bought enough to last. I live in the middle of nowhere. Well, some of the advice we're going to be giving you today is uh, get, get some. Stock up. Get some nicotine. Get some e-liquid. Do everything you can to prepare to not smoke cigarettes. Uh, Christian, that's very gracious of you. Keep on vaping. You helped me switch a little over 10 years ago. Thanks for all you do for the community and how you continue to help. Oh, bro, thank you. Christian, that's very cool. 10 years smoke-free. I love the crap out of that. And yeah, this is... This is just my job now. This is all I know how to do. This is all I know how to do at this point, and I'm okay with that. So uh, I'm happy being right here. Trucking reviews. Uh, are the four online vape companies that claim to have a legit carrier to replace the ones they ban, or are they pulling our leg? That is a great question that we will definitely get to when we start talking about the vape mail ban, but there are some legit carriers uh, in place, from what I understand. Some actual not illegal 
methods of transportation from what I understand. Right. Actual, actual stuff. But the first thing I wanted to mention, in fact, here, check, Danielle, check this out. You know, we're, we've been talking about doing uh, segments. We're, we're bringing up the idea oh, of segments yes. every now and then. Yes. Well, I did a little bumper for some newsy bits. You want to see my newsy bits bumper I, that I threw I together do, today? Actually, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, that is some amazing it's like high quality borderline <laughs> porno music. Like borderline, I felt it I'm, felt. I'm really uh, into it. You know, it making felt edgy. making advocacy sexy. Exactly. Yeah. See, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, so. It's the newsy things and the such as. Um, there's a Casa podcast that Alex Clark is on. He's a part of this podcast. We, we, we try to promote your podcast every week, Alex. What do you guys talk about? Like, give us the elevator pitch for the Casa podcast. Really sell me on this. So, yeah, it's a little bit of uh, the week in review and looking forward to, um, you know, potential legislative issues that are popping up in the week to come. Um, also reviewing, I think, some of the top stories that we've uh, highlighted in our newsletter. Well, not newsletter, our sort of weekly heads up post that comes out on Fridays pretty consistently. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, a little, yeah, little so news and review, little yeah. looking forward, little yeah. in-depth discussion. And it's fun. And it's you and Logan exhales. Yeah. <clears throat> we, we're, we're trying to cut down on the uh, non-vaping related banter. So, uh, yeah. It's tough to do. I get it. It's tough. It's yeah, if tough you guys to want to hear a, a rousing debate about daylight savings time, you should definitely check out <laughs> oh, yes. this last week's I want to hear that. I definitely want to hear that. It's funny because, yeah, that's great. I love going in down rabbit holes of just random subjects like that. I I, I recorded an interview with uh, Chris, you know, uh, Chris Big Knowledge. He was in the You, you mm. Don't Know Nicotine movie. And... Uh, you know, I went into it with these certain expectations, and then we ended up talking about chocolate for like forty minutes. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty incredible. He, I didn't. He, he has some serious views on chocolate that I think are actually going to be uh, pretty great once they get out there. But yeah, there's a Casa podcast. Definitely go check it out. I always want to throw rights for vapors out there. If you're up there in the UK, I've been talking to uh, Mike. You mean Canada? Uh, yeah, Canada. What did I say? UK. I, I wish the UK was up there. I know. I mean, no <laughs> offense to Canada, but. Look, we love Canada, okay? We love our top hat. We like being Canada's pants. That's fine. So if you're up there in Canada, <laughs> rights for vapors. I've been talking to uh, Mike Smiderman. We all remember Mike Smiderman. We've seen him in the chats before. He is full on like, he's like, I'm sorry, I haven't been in the chats. I haven't been on social media. It's just nose to the ground like powering through trying to stop bad vape legislation uh and he was vouching for rights for vapors as well and i think it's a good uh i think it's a good group uh why not use every tool you know in our arsenal there is still circling back around to casa now that we have two casa e people here maybe they want to rant about this but there is still an open comment period for usps they're actively seeking feedback alex and this is a good thing and we should all be doing this right yeah, um, actually, uh, sort of a, well, uh, partially a plug. I, I sat down and did a webinar last week with uh, Greg Conley, American Vaping Association, Paul Blair, formerly Amer Americans for Tax Reform, um, and now working with Turning Point Brands. 
And uh, the other person on the call, I, I had never met before, so I, I don't have his name committed to memory, but it is a uh, very good informative uh, webinar. And so you can check that out on the AVA website. We give kind of a walkthrough of what our call to action is all about and some uh, tips about what the consumer uh, interest is in this. Um, and just to uh, spoiler alert, um, you know, once again, your stories matter. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, this is not necessarily about being persuasive right now, expecting, uh, you know, the outcome that we all want, uh, which is to be able to get vape mail. Right. Um, but it's, it's more about laying the foundation for coming back and fixing this potentially in, you know, a few years. Mm -hmm. And so what's the best case scenario if we submit a lot of comments? Is there a chance USPS is going to craft their rules differently than than the legislation states? Or I mean, what's the best case scenario we're hoping from from USPS that, that some things will have exemptions? Possibly. I don't yeah. know. I think, you know, one of the things that really stuck out to me is the language, um, mm -hmm. you know, USPS is, is dealing with this direction from Congress. Uh, it, it sort of narrowly defines, well, I'm sorry, it broadly defines um, what a vapor product is, uh, which will affect people who vape CBD, for example. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we may actually see a, a national legalization of cannabis before we see nicotine products being able to ship through the USPS again. Um, and so if, if that were to happen, um, USPS would not be shipping vaporizers and, and such used for use for cannabis. Wow. Um, so, and this is really because, I mean, I mean, well, the root of the problem here is that Congress doesn't understand the products or the consumers. Yes. Um, so that, that has put U, USPS in this position where they say, well, you know, you kind of say this is tobacco products and so on. So that's, that's what we're trying right. to work with here. Um, and, and one of the things, one of the consequences of this is it, it, uh, it, it does not provide an exception for say a, like a state lab or a business or even an individual consumer. I get, well, peer to peer is okay. Right. Um, but shipping, uh, like samples, uh, if we were to have another lung injury episode, um, those samples would not be able to be shipped through the mail. I imagine someone from FDA or CDC personally goes out and brings that stuff back in a box. Okay. Um, but it's just kind of one of those, uh, it, it's sort of a ridiculous thing. Why would you stand in the way of, of something like that? Being able to send a sample of a potentially contaminated product to a lab or, or right. federal authority that will then analyze it and give sure. us all the information that we sure. need to know. Right. So, um, I mean, those are kind of more complex things, um, but, you know, uh, I think there, there's certainly, you know, good, good opportunity here for discussion about how we even talk about the products. Yes. Um, yes. And, 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 and again, I, I, I don't, I'm sure I sound like a broken record, but I know I can't say it enough. Your stories matter. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, my, me personally, I, I wouldn't have switched as soon as I did if I didn't get my starter kit through the United States Postal Service. Yep. Same, same. I think a lot of people yeah. are that are that same way. Like I know there's a lot of brick and mortar stores too, and there's a lot of those stories, but especially in the internet age, I feel like everybody just says, I went online and bought an e-cig. Yeah. And I quit. I, I, I went online and bought an e-cig after I watched your video yeah. about taking the next vaping step. 
Yes. <laughs> well, well I'm glad it helped. Look, I'm glad it helped. I, I love that story. And I'll never get sick of hearing it. I think there's like an unspoken understanding whenever Alex and I are public, it's going to get mentioned. I'll either go, oh, Alex, how did you get in? You know, how did you get into vaping? You know, kind of always comes up. Well, and one thing that I hear, I guess we're just going to talk about this now. We're going to skip all, all other news since we're just going to talk about the vape mail ban now. But one thing that I keep hearing is the cannabis industry seems very blindsided by this and they are getting upset with the nicotine vapors. And I'm thinking, why? I mean, it's kind of our fault, but really this is Congress's fault. The, the, the responsibility lies with them because they don't understand what's going on. If you want to be mad, get mad with us at them for putting us in this situation yeah I, we have a you know? we have a common common foe here yeah we have you know, a common I, enemy I, I, it, it, I don't i don't really want to put it in those terms we have a common roadblock i we guess is, is probably a better way to look at it um but yeah i mean it, there's there's no there's no benefit to pointing fingers and trying to lay blame on you yeah. know cannabis community or the nicotine community it's not our fault it's like blaming indoor vaping bans on on cloud chasers right that's right. that's not the timeline that's not how it happened yeah so it, you know it this is and you know to be honest if if, if we really do want to start some finger pointing it was cannabis products that landed over 2,000 people in the hospital and, ah, and killed yes. 63 of them, I believe. It was, yes. Illicit which, again, ones, for which, the record. Which, yeah, illicit, right. illicit, sure. Uh, again, just like what we're facing with this vape mail ban is a failure of policy. Uh-huh. And, and so I think we can all agree that uh, Congress moves at the speed of a glacier uh, and, and they typically don't have the time, nor do they take the time or possess the curiosity to look much deeper into an issue regarding nicotine or frankly, even cannabis. Right. Yeah. Kind of, uh, every day there's just more things to be mad about every day. There's just more things to be mad about. Um, actually nuts to that. Let's do some other news real quick. Uh, Danielle Jones sent this over actually not sent this over. University of Oklahoma researcher publishes major study on how e-cigarette use impacts chemotherapy. Sci- See, this is when I need like the sciencey time bumper Science. ty- type of thing. Sciencey time. And the bummer thing about this is that it was it's only on a, like a local news NBC affiliate type of thing. It wasn't picked up kind of anywhere else, which is kind of a bummer. Um, this is a real quick and but a quick one, but it says in Oklahoma, a researcher has published a groundbreaking study on e-cigarettes and their impacts on the effects of chemotherapy. Doctors say when patients who smoke uh, are diagnosed with cancer, they often ask if switching to e-cigarettes or vapes will help. Yes. I mean, yes. I can answer that. Yes, right now. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that they talk about in this, which I didn't really think about, is that if, if someone is an adult and they're smoking and they get diagnosed with cancer, they'll continue to smoke like through the chemotherapy, and that's what this this researcher is trying to figure out if they're going to smoke through chemotherapy anyway is vaping better for the chemotherapy than not turns out yeah it's a lot better vaping's a lot better for you when you're on chemotherapy um she says that the findings uh her name is quimado and i'm bad with people's names quimado began a lab study exposing cancer cells initially to electronic cigarettes then treating them with a common chemo drug 
There's not many details on this. I don't know what that means. Exposing cancer cells to electronic cigarettes. I don't know what that means. Do they just show it to them? Do they go? <laughs> Look, see? You, what? To electronic <laughs> cigarettes? Just play some like a, a truth initiative ad and go, that's vaping. What do you think of it? You know, yeah. I don't know what the, exactly what that means. But uh, early findings <laughs> suggested it made chemo less effective. But it turns out that for some tumors, it's, it's, it's worlds better. It's worlds, worlds better. So basically what they're coming down to on this, in fact, she says, uh, yes, for smokers, they might be a better option than tobacco. This is from a, a, a researcher who's studying this. And so essentially what this comes down to is, yes, yeah, she believes this to be better, but it's one of those, uh, of course, we need more evidence, more science, more data. There's more nuance to this because it does affect some other tumors differently than other tumors. But for some patients, this would be like an ideal thing. I was just kind of blown away by that smoking through chemotherapy. And I think that just shows really how difficult this is. I sound like a broken record when I say it's really, really difficult to quit smoking, but it is really, really hyper difficult to quit smoking. And that's one of those things that makes uh, vape bans all the more infuriating, all the more infuriating, but that's kind of cool. Little bit of science there. I'll throw a link to that down in the description if you're interested. I have another story here and I promise I'm gonna read the rest of those super chats in a second. But I got another story here from the Philippines. Yeah, this is a real juicy, satisfying story. Real satisfying. Uh, Philippines suspends public consultation over FDA conflicts of interest. Yeah, so do you remember a while ago, Danielle Jones, when we were talking about how Bloomberg might have broken some international laws by giving money to the Philippines FDA? I'm going to post a link. Oh, I definitely remember yeah. that. It just, and it felt so good. You're thinking, oh, I want Bloomberg to go down for this. So I'll post a link down in the description. Bloomberg donations to the Philippines FDA may have violated U.S. law, say experts. Well, here we are in the Philippines, and they are not, not, not excited about Bloomberg being in their country. The Philippines House of Representatives proposed suspending the Food and Drug Administration's virtual public consultation to regulate nicotine vaporizers and heated tobacco products. The proposal came about because the FDA admitted that it received funding from an international anti-smoking organization. Yeah, Bloomberg Philanthropies. So the way this shakes out is they were having these virtual FDA hearings to regulate electronic cigarettes. And one of the um, representatives, Swansing, I think her name is Swansing. And I'm not, but look at this picture of Swansing. Look at this representative from the Philippines. Looks like a glamour magazine. It does. Looks right? like she's about to enter like Miss America. Why like do you, it. how would you not want her to be representing Classy. You? Yeah, classy. It looks like a, like a fashion magazine. Uh, she asked a representative, you know, she asked someone from the Philippines FDA if they had taken money. And this FDA official said that a superior had instructed him to not answer that question. Sure. Nothing fishy. No, nothing fishy at all. Did you take money from uh, outside, you know, international business? I've been instructed to not answer that question. 
Great. So when pressured later, they admitted, okay, yeah, we did. We took a bunch of money from Bloomberg Initiative, Bloomberg Philanthropies, and the union, which I was I was unaware of the union. You guys are probably hip to the union. Alex, you're definitely hip to the union, right? <laughs> I think I, you I follow sort of the union. found out about it in the past like year or so. Okay. I, this is my first time finding out about the union, but the union is one of these like Bloomberg like slimy tentacle philanthropy things. It's like Bloomberg funds stop, which is a part of the union. And then the union co, how does this shake out? It, it's, it's the Bloomberg slimy tentacles all over the place. It's like four different things that are all tied back to Bloomberg, but it's like this organization co-manages the grant program, which is a part of stop, which is a part of Bloomberg global philanthropies, these representatives, these parliamentarians did not like this at all. Uh, the original person, Swansing, Swansing um, basically got the vice president of parliament involved, Victor Savellano. Look at this guy too. Victor Savellano. I just want to be this guy's friend. Aww. Look at that. Great. Look at these great representatives. He is the president of the House of Representatives, and he basically went, okay, hard stop. Hard stop on all of this. We're stopping this right now. There's potential conflicts of interest. We are going to launch a full investigation into this. This, you know, transparency is really, really important to us. If you're getting money from, you know, Bloomberg and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other. And so they're going to, like, investigate this whole situation with Bloomberg and receiving money the FDA, Philippines receiving F money from Bloomberg. He might go down in the Philippines. He might go down internationally. And I think this is, uh, I think this is just a great thing. I, I think it's a bummer, I guess, that it had to happen in the Philippines and there has to be like all this investigatory work. It would be much better if we, you know, we didn't have Bloomberg in his dark money to begin with. But it's really interesting to me when you see Bloomberg, it's easy in the United States, right? Because he has campaign for tobacco for kids and like the American Heart Association. But you see Bloomberg trying to do this in the UK and he brings over campaign for tobacco free kids to the UK and tries to start talking about youth vaping in the UK and Ash and Public Health England kind of just go. What youth what? vaping? Yeah, what, what, what on earth are you even talking about? And then you see Bloomberg go to the Philippines and he's just like, I'm just going to give their FDA money to use our tobacco control. Like, that's insane. It's just shameless about it. Completely shameless. So it'll be interesting to see what other countries Bloomberg tries to get his uh, greasy tentacle arms into. Mm, so gross. Bloomberg is so gross. We should just start calling him Hydra. Hydra. Oh, that's good. He is. He is Hydra, if you think about it. He's the Red Skull. I mean, I'm not saying that. Okay. I've um, been watching a lot of Marvel. Sorry. I know. <laughs> a lot of Marvel. I'm just Marvel. waiting for Winter Soldier and the Falcon comes out soon. Like, I know. In a few days. It's like this weekend. I'm really I'm excited. I'm so excited. About it. I'm really excited about it. Let's see. Um, I had one other thing that I wanted to mention, but only because it was something that was completely off of my radar and then I heard about it and I instantly got enraged. So there was this nicotine tax bill that was working its way through committee, through like the House committee. 
back in 2019. And I, I was this on your radar, Danielle Jones? I don't remember hearing anything about the nicotine tax from 2019. I feel like Alex should answer that question. Alex, do you remember anything about an, a nicotine tax from 2019? HR 4742? Yeah. Um, I, well, I, likely, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do There's a that. lot of bills, you guys. Look, yeah, I don't you remember can the last month. <laughs> No, I, I'm just my my mouth is trying to catch up with my brain here. I um, yes, there 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 was there is still this idea that the federal government is going to find a way to to achieve tax parity across all tobacco products, um, and so this is uh, this is something that actually got folded into Frank Pallone's bill last oh. year. Uh, that, yeah. that passed the house. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's this weird kind of, uh, it's a, it's a pretty ham handed attempt. Um, but it is one of the more interesting ham handed attempts that we've seen. Um, they try to do this nicotine content. It's, they claim that it's the same as the tax on cigarettes. If right. you base it on like a nicotine content level, but, um, and there, I remember my first critique about this was something about the difference between nicotine yield and nicotine content. And nicotine yield is notoriously like next to impossible to, right. to standardize. Um, so, but the nicotine content thing um, is also ridiculous. I think it, it it's not parity. It, it comes out sure. to being something like dozens of dollars more per, you know, milligram or something like that than if, the same measure was applied to cigarettes. Sure. So, so, you're, yes. so you're telling me that politicians <laughs> without any knowledge or information on the subject matter attempted to just legislate a huge tax on nicotine without really knowing much about it. it I am shocking, shocked. I, I am shocked, Alex. <laughs> Sh shocked. And it was, cr and so I don't know why I think Greg Connolly tweeted this and it was in my bookmarks. And so I read this the other night thinking it was like happening right now. And I'm just, I'm reading this and I'm just getting more and more angry because they're talking about how it looked like it took a few days to go through the house and like it wasn't even published before they voted on it. And they're trying to like move really fast. And then representative Sozy said he's terrified by the number of teenagers who are becoming addicted to nicotine because of the vapes and increasing the cost of vaping will have a direct correlation to decreasing, you know, the number of vapors. This guy, Susie, an American politician, on the other hand, who doesn't look delightful like a Philippine politician. He looks like he would <laughs> kick your dog. This guy... This guy is just up in arms and wants to tax nicotine. And then I'm reading this chart about how it's going to get taxed. And it's like, what? A hundred, a, a thousand mil bottle would have an $83 tax, but a jewel pod only has a dollar tax. A 60 mil bottle of three milligram would have a higher tax than a 59 milligram jewel pod. Just makes no sense, right? Like completely out of touch, don't know what they're legislating politicians. So I just went crazy and I just rage tweeted about it. And uh, Juca, you know, Juca on Twitter kind of walked me down and said, okay, well, this article is from 2019. It looks like this bill died. And I'm like, okay, I mean, you're right. I'm still really mad about this. Still really very mad about this. And this bill, and the whole reason I'm mentioning any of this is because this is one of those instances where it makes me think of people who try to like make vaping some sort of partisan issue. The idea that 
your certain party is going to be nicer to vaping or will save vaping in some way. And all you have to do is look at this sneaky ass nicotine tax they tried to pass that had instant bipartisan support, instant bipartisan support. The, the, the effort against vaping is bipartisan. And I don't know why the effort for vaping tends to fall on like partisan grounds. And that's just something that bothers me. I feel like we have to be way more united because you know what? They're absolutely united against vaping and against harm reduction products. <sighs> I, I couldn't believe that. It, I'm going to post a link in the description to this article from a year ago. To be fair, Jim McDonald wrote a great article and it really riled me up because I thought it was happening right now. And I thought, that's it. I'm like, what? I am. I was about to lose it. I was about to lose my mind. I'm like, PMTAs and a vape mail ban and a nicotine tax. Ah, you know, I didn't know what to do. It felt like way too much. And I'm just so thankful that it, that bill died. And I hope nobody brings it back. But go read that article from Jim McDonald and you can uh, you can rage along. And I guess that'll wrap up the, the newsy bits. I'll put links all over the place down in that description for you to check out, including, you know, the call to actions and all of the such as for CASA and the bait mail ban and the feedback and all that stuff. So how are we doing on time? Oh, we're doing great. Danielle Jones, we're doing great on time today. I know, right? So, we uh, could have an entire discussion after about chocolate if you we, want. We I could. Mean, we should so actually. Much time. We I could get into chocolate, daylight savings time. I we could talk about like the Second Amendment again. That would be great. Get definitely. everybody all riled up. Did we? We did talk about the Second Amendment. <laughs> we did a talk few about times, I think we guns. Yeah. yeah, we have talked about guns. Well, look, that's just what we do over here on TBN. Let me get uh, let me get a few of these super chats before we get here talking about the vape mail ban. Legion Vape sent you, Dave. I, all right, I appreciate that, Dave. I appreciate you too, Legion Vapes. Uh, Six Ghost got an email from my local BNM saying for shipping they can't use USPS, but any shipments require a photo ID and uh, from an adult and a signature, but doesn't say who they are using. If they're your local B&M, they could potentially use uh, a local courier system. Courier, like yes. they themselves can drive. Correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, yes. but it, you know, this is for a lot of this stuff is for common carriers, which is like the big guys, but any like, you know, bike messenger service or, sure. you know, local, whatever, I believe can still deliver. Yeah. And just, uh, just to uh, add that, I think obligatory, you know, um, check your local laws first before uh, deciding that that's okay, uh, especially if you're a business owner. Um, I think New York City prohibited delivery sales. Uh, it's 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 different. It, the wording is slightly different, but if you see delivery sales type language in your local ordinances, um, it, it may be prohibited. Oh, wow. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah, because I was thinking local couriers, and I don't know. Look, I'm just the idea guy, right? I don't have to do all the legwork on this, but why not like a Postmates, DoorDash type of, uh, you know. Like Ease in California. Like Ease in California. I can get weed delivered to my house. It's just a little courier who goes to the dispensary for me and buys my weed for me and delivers it to my house for me. He does check my ID. And yep. that's part of the process. And I'm assuming that's going to be a part of the process moving forward, regardless of if you if if DHL or UPS changes their policy, they're probably still going to have 
some sort of adult verification signature photo ID requirements for vape stuff. There's, I feel like there's no, you know, there's no turning back from that. There's no getting home after work and seeing your vape mail package sitting on your doorstep anymore. Right. Um, uh, Zaddy Vapes, can someone please explain why Boomblur, Bloomberg has such a vendetta against vaping? There has got to be more to this story that we don't know. Look, I don't know. There's no, you can't, look, you can't defend, Bloomberg, when he was the mayor of New York City, he wanted to ban large sodas. And he was on the cover of the New York Times in like a, a like a housemaid dress called <laughs> Nan, and it said the big headline said Nanny Bloomberg wants to cut your soda back. It used to be looked on as like a negative thing, like oh Nanny Bloomberg trying to control society, and now it just seems like people ask him like directly to intervene in their lives. I don't know if the rest of the story is. I think Bloomberg's just a power hungry guy who wants to control everything. Uh, John Deck, very gracious of you. I own a vape juice manufacturing jump company called Hot Juice with 20 employees who all can't afford to lose their jobs. We will continue to ship until they break down our lab doors. As Captain America would say, not us. Not us. That's a very noble thing. I would, I mean, ultimately be, be careful because these, you know, these are laws that are enforceable with, with punishment um, that is also involved in them. Um, John Deck, one thing I would send you to is Vape Freight. Are you guys familiar with Vape Freight, Danielle, Alex? I've heard about it. Uh, the one that I've heard is making more headlines is uh, X. X? Oh, what's yes. X? I haven't heard about it, X. So my understanding, and some of this is like just sort of rumor or whatnot, but sure. X is definitely a shipping company that has put out multiple press releases advertising that they can and will continue or will ship vapor products, basically. Oh, really? And it's just and so, X like the letter X? Just the letter X. It's a little weird. When I first saw it, I was like, this looks slightly shady. And also, I feel like there could be a bureaucratic nightmare with paperwork. Like, who's right. your shipping carrier? X. And they're yeah, like, X. no, you forgot to fill this out. <laughs> like, I just, I foresee that. That's just me. Anyway, wow. maybe they should have picked a different name. But that's the one that I've been hearing the most about. And I think some okay. larger companies, um, I can't remember if somebody, I thought there was a larger, you know, manufacturer that may be sure, using them sure. basically. Um, so that's the one that I had sort of heard about. And I believe um, we have a link for Jim's article, don't we? Yeah, it should be in the um, document. I feel like I thought I remember um, him talking about that in here, but I can't is remember. This, is, is this X shipping? Is this for business to consumer? Or is this uh, business to um, business? Yes. Oh, this I think is it's B2C. Both. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I think it's both. Okay. Is well, my that, understanding. So Vape Freight, and I'll post the link, uh, you know, I'll have the link in the description. I'll throw the link in the chat. Vape Freight is nationwide B2B shipping. This is put together, I believe, by the people that started Meepod, Smoking Vapor, Meepod. Um, and they have a big, like, about us saying, look, we're the vape industry. Uh, we've faced adversity since day one. And so, look, we have 20 years in logistics. We're launching Vape Freight. Contact us today. We'll get your first shipments going. And they're like, here's our pricing. Here's our services. This is for B2B support nationwide B2B shipping. 
Right. Yeah. In Jim's article, it does talk about it. Um, he says uh, in this article, I'm just going to read a small snippet. It says, however, there now appears to be a kernel of hope for vapors, at least for a fairly large number of vapors. A partnership between a private group buying company and a national residential shipping carrier known simply as X has begun building a vaping product delivery network that will serve residential c- customers in some areas with more to follow. There are currently more questions than answers about which areas will be covered and which vape companies will be able to participate. But the folks at X seem dedicated to making it happen. X. X Mm -hmm. shipping. All right. Well, I'll try to track down some information on X shipping. Put it down in the description for anybody who's in a, I don't know, brick and mortar store, like an online retailer. I'll be interested to see who who uses that. Is... I'm fascinated by this. I feel like I have to do a deep dive into this now because I don't know anything about X. I mean, if this is just like a, a thing that's starting up, I feel like it'll take time. But if it's already established, you could be ready to ship to your door. You yeah, know, my understanding. Yeah, it sounded like the network was already kind of in place. I think it likely needs to some expanding. I don't know that it covers like, you know, the entire country. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's the one that I had been... Uh, hearing about and this article does go into it i know it's a long article you guys um it's super nick long. is gonna gonna link it but it is in there um yes. definitely i will definitely link that below interesting x shipping okay and yeah in terms of shipping though pss asked in chat he said um i need to understand about import to from and within the u.s how will anyone get products and why can't companies ship out of the u.s so alex correct me if i'm wrong but from a regulatory standpoint Uh, The United States and this legislation doesn't really have anything to do with shipping, you know, regulating shipping products outside of the country because they don't, you know, control what other countries will and won't receive. But the problem is a logistical problem um, because UPS, FedEx, now DHL, from what I understand, and USPS are all not shipping vapor products, either USPS by regulation or the other three by their own private decisions on their own policy. That's the main issue of getting product, you know, out of the country, essentially, Um, because, you know, uh, ATF and Congress doesn't regulate other countries and what they will or will not receive or whatnot. But the carriers are the issue of getting things out of the country, at least. That sounds right to me. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Short, short and sweet. Um, yeah, that's another thing that I'm, I'm curious about. I, I don't really know the answer to international. Um, I don't know if the personal packages, the acceptable 10 a month personal packages between adults, if that's allowed, uh, internationally, if I want to send someone in Australia, a bottle of e-liquid, I feel like I'll be able to do that without any, without any issue. But it's uh, it's the idea of, you know, because the UK loves American e-liquids, at least that's what my distro contact in the UK tells me is that they love American e-liquids, but that supply is drying up and they don't know if they're ever going to be able to get more American e-liquids. And it's crazy that American legislation is affecting the market in the UK because UPS is following suit with DHL, which is following suit with USPS. How does American vape legislation affect the whole world? Trickle down effects. Trickle down effects. And what this see this is a question I have no idea the answer to. Why did UPS and DHL just jump on FedEx just jump on unflinchingly? 
They didn't go, that's weird. They didn't go, oh, that sucks for USPS. They went, we'll willingly go through that too. I mean, it is an interesting question uh, because you would think that they would be like, ooh, more money for us if we keep shipping this. However, I do recall, I think at some point hearing a presentation where, you know, an ATF representative mentioned, um, you know, there's a, there. well, I'm sure it's other places, but there is a a significant issue with illegal cigarette trafficking in Mm -hmm. New York state. Mm -hmm. And I recall the ATF guy saying something to the effect of FedEx had gotten in trouble or fined or something, I think because they're, you know, service was being used to deliver oh, some of these things so i don't know i'm not 100 percent sure on this but there may be some element of liability if they even you know unknowingly are transporting these products illegally i'm not 100 don't quote me on that but that's the only thing that i can think of as to why they wouldn't have been like yeah give us the business you know? yeah oh that's really interesting i mean they know that they unknowingly ship illegal stuff every day right like they can't just be an ostrich with their head in the sand going nope everything we ship is perfectly good and legal and on the up and up i mean i've had fedex deliver me illicit substances before i just signed nick yeah thanks have a great day thanks for the drugs I don't know if it's like maybe DEA doesn't hold them responsible for that, but ATF does. I'm not really sure how that dynamic works. I don't know, Alex, if you have any any thoughts on why they would have jumped on board. Um, I think partially, I don't know what percentage of their decision is uh, this, but I think it's a PR move. I think they're looking, they're trying to look like responsible companies. We can. Um, But on the other side of this, I, I agree. I think there's a compliance issue here. Um, you know, one of the things about the PACT Act is that it makes it incredibly difficult just to file the paperwork in 50 states. And, and Jim gets into this in the article. It's, it's a good it's a good write up on, on the issue here. Um, there are people with companies that will help you with the compliance in terms of uh, knowing where the taxes are that, that you need to pay, what the rates are and, and keeping you updated on how those rates might be changing in the future because it's not there's no it's not uniform across the country as many right. people know um, you have state and local taxes um, so that just the paperwork element of this alone is um, a huge burden um, it, it is sort of curious though um, I, I get my snooze through UPS yeah uh, because I order it from Sweden and uh, I've just never had a problem. I, I don't know that UPS is looking to end that service. Um, there is this, uh, I mean, fortunately, people don't like smokeless tobacco, I guess. Um, snooze is totally different than what most of you understand about about American smokeless tobacco. But um, yeah, it, it's just, it's bizarre. I mean, vaping and, and snooze, they're, they're on the same level as far as harm and risk and all of that. Yes. So... So, so shrug. I mean, it's hard to get, I mean, it's hard to think rationally when the subject matter is so like, it just seems, you know, chaotic when you think, like the FDA clearly says that snus is, you know, right, spectrum of harm different. It's like one step away from just saying, okay, also vaping is around that same level uh, uh, as snooze. Since we've already admitted that snooze falls on a continuum of harm, 
how how quick is it just to say oh also vaping does too also vaping does too but ultimately that wouldn't even affect these regulations at all because this was started by john cornyn and diane feinstein and you know just as a little history this was a dead bill it was just sitting just sitting dead was never going to get voted on was never going to do nothing it got slipped into the omnibus budget bill it had to pass boom it got passed and now everybody's scrambling everybody's scrambling up down and sideways usps is actively seeking feedback private shippers private carriers vape freight tiktok <coughs> i mean seriously um uh mad Vi uh mad viking review says my thoughts are this will kill small independent review channels what are your thoughts nick uh trv crew um no i mean not really i mean possibly it's going to be tougher but i don't think i don't think it's going to kill independent review channels i think there's lots to talk about other than just new products i think there's lots to discuss other than just new products john's back here uh hey nick it's john john deke rhymes with geek okay <laughs> hot juice is located in los angeles and we ship nationally right now we are working on finding an alternative including vape freight or x even local delivery yeah uh do it S do it stick it out there are solutions and you know i saw i think it was matt who said this might have been matt maybe i'm falsely attributing this to matt but it feels like everybody's feeling like, oh, vaping is like everybody's saying, oh, vaping's dying. Vaping's dead. Vaping's going to be dead after this when really it's like a, this little portion of it is really going to be dead. And we have this, we have brick and mortar stores. We have private deliveries. There are options. There's a little part of it that's kind of changing, I guess, or going away. And even if it does come back, it's going to be different because of signatures. But I hate this defeatist like vaping is dying thing. There's still brick and mortar stores that you can definitely go to. In fact, in times like this, I feel like we should be supporting our brick and mortar stores, uh, I don't know, as much as we possibly can. I don't mean to get on here and just rant, but I, I, don't, I don't like that defeatist attitude. Uh, Beatles Forever had a question in the chat that says, so what is going to happen to all the Chinese companies that make and distribute mods and such? Now that, not that I care about China, but at this point they make uh, most of the devices on the vape store shelves. If I had to guess, I would say that they're still going to be shipping a lot of essential oils and sure. jewelry box parts. Yeah. I've gotten uh, packages from China that just say hobby parts. That's it. The DHL box that says hobby parts. Um, I don't think China's going to care. When has China ever cared? I, I mean, you they know, don't usually care about I our really regulations. And I think it's going to be like, sure, there might be a little bit of a gamble if you go to Fast Tech or a Chinese website and you order a, a Vupu Drag 3, you're either going to get it or you're going to get a or letter you're going to get a letter saying that it was rejected at customs. Right. It's going to be a little bit of a gamble. Chances are you'll be able to get it, I think. I mean, I don't want to give people false hope and I don't want to say break the law, but chances are odds favor you being able to order something from China and China just not caring. If they get it, order from the U.S., they go, okay, <laughs> there you go. ship it, ship it, send it over. Now, large orders for brick and mortar stores, this is where we get into that sticky area of them not allowing large shipments into the country. And this is where I keep coming back to seeing the supply chain break down is how are brick and mortar stores going to get the products to sell 
if they can stay open. Right. I mean, that's, that's part of the equation. And, you know, if, if it's going to be able to, you know, continue, because a lot of things are up in the air, you guys, I mean, we're hypothesizing with options and potentials and things like that, but realistically, we're just going to have to kind of wait and see what happens. But my hope, you know, if we're talking about hopes here, my hope and guess that the best way to move forward would be, you know, if possible, that, you know, some of these larger distributors located within the country are able to secure, you know, shipping contracts and whatnot with X or Vape Freight or whoever mm-hmm. it is, that shops would basically be forced to purchase from domestic, you know, distributors uh, rather than, you know, direct from manufacturers overseas or whatnot. I mean, that might, if that were the worst case scenario, I personally would probably be okay with that because product is still, you know, coming in and it's still, you know, but I would think that, you know, they might need to look domestically. And I think a lot of people have talked about the industry basically sort of getting consolidated down, right? If you think about a lot of other industries, you know, the vape industry is a little bit unique in that we have like 80 million different, you know, a lot of other larger industries have like specific channels. You know what I mean? If you think about food and beverage or other things, there's like particular distributors. I watch Shark Tank all the time. They're like, you need to get into this (laughs) distributor and then you'll, you'll be rich. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's fewer channels in other industries and i can see you know out of necessity that potentially happening um in in the vape industry if if you know this can work yeah Uh, yes yes i mean yes and i really like that there's already alternative solutions kind of happening not many sure we have this x now that i just heard about today we heard about vape freight today there's other companies that are just saying look, we've secured shipping, continue ordering. Like 8Vape, I I talked about this on the vlog last week, 8Vape.com sent out an email to all of their whatever on their mailing list and said, we have shipping, secure shipping. Uh, You're going to need to sign for every package that comes and it's not available in quite all the areas yet. But it is, it's a thing. 8Vape will still be shipping. I believe Giant Vapes, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. sent out a similar email to their customers, basically oh, saying they? like, you know, we're working on a solution, something mm-hmm. to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are companies, larger companies that are still trying to see, you know, because this is a two part problem. And I've tried to stress this like a bunch. There's the problem of logistics, who is literally going to deliver this to said person's house. Right. That's the first problem. Um, And then the second problem is all the regulations surrounding taxes that are enforced by ATF. Right. Right. And we've we've talked about this before. I'm going to go ahead and reiterate it. So this legislation that was in the omnibus bill basically creates all of these requirements um, wherein, you know, essentially people who are shipping products directly to consumers have to register um, with every single tax entity in the country um, that taxes these products. So that means state, city municipal, local, county, tribal, anything, any area that has a tax for these products, you have to register. You also have to have a registered agent uh, within physically within that state. So it's like a lawyer or something that you have to hire for each state that has this. You then have to report every single month all of the sales you do to the tax you know, person in that area. That includes, you know, who ordered from you. So if you're a customer, your name, your address, what you ordered, when you ordered, all of that information is getting sent to your local tax, you know, every single month. 
they have to pay the taxes. They have to report all of these things. They have to register with ATF. They have to follow all legal laws anywhere that apply to these products whatsoever, which Alex and I have talked about before, could include PMTA stuff. Like, yep. in order to be compliant with ATF, you may have to, I mean, I think this is a little un unclear, but if all laws apply, then FDA regulation on PMTAs would also, right? I mean, yes. logically. So if yeah, you don't I, have a PMTA... Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to offer this as business or legal advice, but that's how I read it. If 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 you don't have some sort of note note, if you don't have a note from mom that right. you can sell your your vape products, um, then then you USPS or any other shipper may very well have a problem with shipping it. Right, and ATF, you know, has stated that you know if you violate you know any of these like local laws, let's say you know, Dallas, Texas has an age verification law. And if you're a manufacturer and you ship directly to consumers and you violate that and you don't age verify, my understanding was that now becomes a federal violation yeah. because it's under ATF, right? And they're in for they're like, you have to follow all the rules everywhere. Yeah. And it's like a little crazy. So there, it's a two-part problem. It's a logistical problem. And then it's also, I don't know what you would call it, bureaucracy, paperwork, regulatory yeah, hurdles. Problem bureaucratic right. problem yeah that'd be the perfect way to put it and i mean that is included just for clarification on my own part no matter what you do if you're a brick and mortar store and you have local couriers that will deliver products for you this atf pact act jenkins act still applies even if you're not using ups even if you're not using usps even if you're i don't I know believe... this is where i'm confused I believe, and Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't apply to in-person sales, but if it is a not in-person sale, I think it then does apply. Does that sound right, Alex? I'm not sure about that. I don't know that it matters. I mean, when you say in-person sale, somebody is actually going into the store and purchasing it. Right, like if you're a brick and mortar, you don't have to. Or, or right. if you're making a phone call, that that's a remote sale. Right. Okay. And so, so the and, ATF and stuff doesn't apply to the ground level in-person brick and mortar. You don't have to register with ATF right. and that kind of stuff. Right. You just have to yeah. follow your local, whatever your local is. But if it's some sort of remote, you know, I don't know if it's across it, what exactly it is. I think that gets a little dicier. A phone call is not the same as in-person. I think they consider it like mail order or remote. something. What was the old school it's words that they used to? Yeah, remote <laughs> sales are, it's an all encompassing kind of, you're not standing in the store, but you're still buying products. And so that applies. No, that's, uh, that sucks. That sucks worse than I thought it sucked. There's just no way around the pact act at all. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty airtight. It's pretty airtight. That damn pact act. And what's the reality of like this ever getting overturned that we would that we wouldn't be somehow included in the pact act? I, I mean, slim to none. Right? I mean, we already are. So that's right. We already you know, are. And the, and the pact act, you know, officially goes into effect the 26th mm -hmm. of this month. So that's what, like less than two weeks. Yeah. So that's when all of that crazy bureaucratic things that I just listed off. Yes. That's when all of that goes into effect. So right. I know somebody was asking, like, when do you think we're going to see shops closing down? Like my guess would be any time before the 26th of this month, because that's when all of the now the USPS deadline technically 
or the deadline that Congress April, right? gave USPS is April 27th, right. I believe. But and I was going to have Alex talk about that a little bit, too. We're not actually sure, you know, how quickly I think that's like the latest they're supposed to do it. But we were hypothesizing that they may, you know, put this into effect as soon as the 30 day, 31 day comment period is over. And so I'm not, I haven't looked at a calendar to see if that lands on that April 27th or not. But the, the big PAC Act deadline is this month. It's in like less than two weeks. Alex. So. So the, the, the way that, that we're looking at this, and I'm just taking the U.S. Postal Service's interpretation of effective dates, um, this the, the USPS regulations are in effect on and after publishing of the final rule. So there's no additional 30-day period for that. They can, if, if the comment period closes on the 22nd and they rifle through all of the comments and have a final rule published on the 23rd, it's effective. Interesting. But okay. the, so far, we're kind of going off of, I, there was a quote, I think, in Tobacco Reporter um, saying that um, the, the the 27th of this month would would probably be the, the earliest we'd see it take effect. And are we going to have finalized rules, guidance from USPS before, obviously, before this takes effect? That's, I Hopefully guess, that's what they're aiming for. Effect. And, and, you know, we have to keep in mind that they're they're going into this comment period, not really thinking there's going to be a yeah. whole lot that they're going to end up changing. So as far as they're concerned, I, I think to some extent they've written the final rule. Um, OK. And so it, it could be just a real quick turnaround. Interesting. OK, interesting. Uh, Christian with the super chat here says, can TBN provide any, any information about batteries? My local shop said they can't sell high amp draw batteries. Um, I don't believe that that has anything to do with uh, the vape mail ban or anything. To me, that sounds like your local shop is kind of just covering their own ass. Um, yeah. That's what I would say. It's like a safety thing. It's just less I've never liability. heard of any yeah, regulation yeah. about batteries. Yeah. Alex would know, but yeah. I don't, there's no like local, you know, I, ordinances I that so. we're aware of yeah. regulating battery sales. I haven't heard anything like that. I'm assuming yeah. it's just probably just a, a liability thing. They probably just don't want to be held liable for selling high amp batteries if you're going to use it in a mech mod, you know. Um, Brandon asks, uh, he says, the hobbyist vapors like me will notice they hit to the market more than the average pod user. Yes, but especially if you're used to getting liquids online, you I mean you still need to fill your pods with liquid. Chances are you're ordering your liquid online or you're getting pod refills online i think i think you're right that we're going to notice and i think that the average pod user is going to notice suddenly that they can't get their stuff anymore and when they do a deep dive hopefully they'll end up right here and they'll be like brandon damn it he was right i didn't notice you know <laughs> scott that's very gracious of you christopher murdoch uh us up in canada will always help you out with some 21700 flashlights and pony on acid massage oils oh no <laughs> You know, and it's, it's, you know, sounds sticky. Yeah, I know it does. It sounds (laughs) sexy. You know, it sounds sexy. Um, Nomenclature and and terminology, it kind of feels like you might even be able to just goof some names on things. Like we were talking about like hobby parts from China or, I mean, I've seen firsthand there's a mech mod company and I'm not going to say the name of the mech mod company, but there's a mech mod company that is completely 
changing their company, changing their branding, changing their image, changing their marketing. They now sell mechanical flashlights with threaded flashlight connections. So you're essentially buying a mech mod, but for all intents and purposes, you're going to a flashlight website from a flashlight manufacturer to buy your flashlight that can be shipped to you through USPS, no packed act necessary. And that really is like, it's kind of a name. It's kind of like a terminology thing. Other like, industries have done this loads, before. Loads. Um, if anyone's familiar with, for example, hydroponics growing. Yeah. Um, I had a little yeah. stint in that industry as a graphic designer. And these products were marketed for your indoor growing of basil yes. and tomatoes <laughs> basil. and yes. eggplants. Yep. So, you know. Yeah. That's like when I used to go shopping for glass tobacco pipes, you know, at my local head shop where you walk in, it's just like 2,000 bongs, you know, but they go, oh, no, these are uh, water tobacco pipes. That's what these are yeah. officially on papers, water tobacco pipes. This is not a bong. But everyone in the known universe is going to look at that and go, yeah, it's a bong, bro. It's a bong. Call it what you want. That's a bong. So nomenclature and terminology, I think... Could be a sneaky way to, uh, I don't know. Look, you can order stuff from Canada. You can order stuff from China. And if they put massage oils on it, right through. No one would even notice. No one would <laughs> I mean, notice. I think it depends. I think it depends a little bit on how crazy, you know, customs sure. and Border Patrol and everybody feels like getting. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, they're not, you know, dumb per se. Like, sure, if they know sure. that. XYZ company from China, you know, has historically for the past, I don't know, five, eight, whatever years been shipping stuff that says vape. And then all of a sudden it says, you know, music box parts. I don't, you know, is yeah. that going to fly? I don't, I mean, we're not dealing with complete idiots here. We're yeah. kind of, we're, some of them are complete idiots, some of but not all of them. Are. So I don't really know. You know, this is going to be a wait and see. We can't really predict what yeah. is going to happen, what is going to get through, how, you know, stringently they're going to, you know, um, police these packages. It is extremely unclear. Up in the air. Up in the air. Uh, Joshua from the chat. No, no need to apologize. He says, sorry if I missed this. Is there a definitive date established for the USPS shipping regulation changes? Uh, I think we just kind of established it was the 26th of this month. So the PACT Act goes into effect the 26th of this month. Uh, the USPS deadline given to USPS by Congress is next month, April 27th. But like we talked about, you know, that's not necessary. Like it could go into effect sooner than that. Right, Alex? Yeah. And, and just I'll say it again, just for the benefit of, of the question. Um, the USPS's position is it's effective on and after when they publish the final rule. So, uh, you know, they're not actually waiting for a specific date. It's when the rule is finalized, that's when it is in, in effect. That's when it's going to be happening. Hope that answers uh, Hope that answers your question. Had another super chat here from John Deke. Uh, I've been in the vape industry since 2005, and I worked with Elaine Keller from CASA back in the day when Judge Leon tried to ban importing vape products in 2009. We will get through this. Just stay together as one community. Damn. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You've been in the industry since 2005. That's that's damned, damned impressive. Yeah, it is. 
Uh, and I went back today and did a little bit of like a look at that Judge Leon ruling. It's really interesting to read vape news from 2010 that could have been vape news from today. Yeah. <laughs> it's really bizarre. It's like, wow, we've been through this before already. Uh, Johnny, 18-year-old, uh, I went to my first pipe shop and asked the guy how much weed he had to smoke to work there, and I got thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> That's because they're not bongs, bro. They're not bongs. They're tobacco water pipes. Tobacco Artisan ones at that. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're beautiful. Artisan tobacco pipes. Um, so we got the PACT Act. We've established the PACT Act is happening on March 26th. USPS is happening whenever they finish the final rule. That might be April 13th. Might I mean, be it April could be like uh, what is it? USPS. Yeah, USPS. Yeah. 30 yeah, days after they publish it, right? Yeah. No, it takes effect oh, immediately. Okay. It takes well, effect immediately. Oh, okay. Weren't they going to wait for the comment period to close before they publish the final or no? Exactly. Yeah. So this is so the, the, the chunks of time are, you know, they're giving everybody 30 days that ends on the 22nd of March, the month okay. that we're in. Okay. That's the comment period. And that is also everyone's 30 day notice. So okay. when the comment period ends, it is possible that within a week or less, USPS can finalize their rule publish it in the federal register. And when it is officially published in the federal register as a final rule, that's when it takes place. It takes effect immediately. Wow. So we're working with a much shorter time frame than I think any of us really thought about people on Facebook. And, you know, I've seen people all over social media talking about the end of April, April 30th is going to be the last day for shipping. Well, that's, that's, not really, so that's not realistic. I mean, the, the date that I, so I've seen some other questions going by about, you know, FedEx and UPS and DHL, um, FedEx's current policy, um, they state that they're not shipping business to consumer. Certainly. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure about business to business. Um, if you it are a business, FedEx check, cut yeah, off all, all of it. it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then UPS, they're doing the same thing and their deadline is April 5th. Um, so yeah, I'm not exactly sure where end of April is. I think that may have been an old, um, maybe something that was originally published by FedEx and, and UPS. Um, DHL, I'm not totally clear on, but I, I haven't heard any definitive, uh, yes, uh, DHL is going to be the go-to shipper for any of this. I saw no, I heard something. DHL just yeah. put out an announcement saying that they would no longer either. They were the last ones late to the party, but yeah. I saw a letter from someone. Yeah, I exactly. have this. Uh, DHL regulatory compliance is key to our company's continued success, blah, blah, blah. Therefore, due to recent regulatory changes, blah, 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 DHL sucks. We will no longer <laughs> be accepting vaping products for import or export through its U.S. network as of March 26th. 2021 this prohibition includes all vape devices products and accessories they're going off of the congressional definition all vape devices products and accessories right for more information so i think people got the um deadline of the end of april from congress's deadline to usps right because they'd initially said 120 days after this passes and 120 days was in fact Right. April 27th. So I think that's why people keep mm. thinking because a, they're not understanding that this is a two part problem, right? Pack act problem, 
shipping ban problem. problem further confounded by the private companies each have their own deadline in addition to USPS being given a deadline by Congress. So I think the dates are confusing, but just understand that this is coming like soon. It's like, coming real soon, real soon. The chances week, are, right? yeah, next, I would say within the next, the next two weeks, two weeks, I would say two weeks. So the, the 27th is next Saturday. Yep. Correct. And then it's whatever question I mean, I mark can tell amount you, of days until they've released the final rule or right. published the final rule. I can tell you, you know, from my real life that, you know, the company that I work for, we are closing down our online e-commerce website on the 25th, like the day before the actual, you know, PAC Act deadline goes into effect. Sure. So we're stopping shipments, you know, it's posted on our website. Uh, we're stopping shipments at like, you know, 2 p.m. on the 25th. That's when, the, you know, I'm turning the site off, basically, the, the store. Wow. So that's, I think that's the day, if companies are really paying attention and up on this, you're going to see a lot happen in that week, essentially, is my guess. Yeah, and it's going to it's gonna be, next week's going to be a depressing week. Next week's going to be a super depressing week. We're going to see a lot of closed closing announcements. We're going to see a lot of, I mean, we've already seen, I've seen, Companies District Five blowing out all of their inventory. It's like five dollar atomizers, and people are like, "Yeah, I got such a good deal." And I'm like, "You should be sadder than that. You should have not wanted that deal. You should have wished that you were paying full price and that that was a regulated product in your hand." Horribly sad. Horribly sad. Um, Scott uh, says, "I'm confused about how this will affect me in the UK. Is there anything I can do?" As far as I know, Scott, all the way from the UK, there's nothing you can do in any sort of official capacity as far as like a call to action or a submitting any sort of comments or anything like that other than just supporting the cause, supporting your vape fam, getting the word out there. You know, that's that's really all we can do right now. It's a global thing. It's not going to affect you directly in the UK other than kind of what I was saying earlier when I was talking to my UK distro guy. Um, he was talking about he sells a ton of uh, American e-liquids in the UK and that supply is drying up and you won't be able to get American e-liquids in the United Kingdom. Um, I, and I guess that's how it's going to affect you. So if Homeboy's Mango is your favorite liquid, you might not be able to get it very much longer. Yeah. I wish, and that's if due I could, to the... Yeah. Go ahead. If, if, if I could just add another layer to this. Yes. Um, you know, usually when when usually when Casa puts out a, a call to action like this, it is it is limited to the United States. Yeah. Um, but this is different. We're just posting up an email address. So if you live outside the United States and and American e-liquids are something that you enjoy and and you're not going to have access to them anymore, uh, and in you know these are products going to shops that shops sell and make money off of, uh, they're losing some of their inventory and some of their best sellers. Um, so just like w the issue we have here is making sure that shops can still get, uh, the products to stock their shelves. Um, I think that's a, that is a really important perspective and, yeah. um, look at number one on our call to action. You can send your comment to that email address. They don't, they don't care who it comes from. Um, but I think it's a really good point that we were talking about earlier. You know, one of, uh, America's worst exports is our policy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and this is, this is right up right up there with all the other bad policies that we we put out um and it's right in line with you know 
uh, Public Health England and activists in, in the UK have had to push back on all of the lies that came out of the United States. Oh, yeah. Um, they're, they are moving. They have to put out these campaigns to, to counter all of the misinformation coming out of the U.S., um, so definitely, if you live in the UK, if you live anywhere in the world and you have access to American e-liquids or, or devices or anything that you want to keep seeing, you're probably not going to keep seeing them. But the USPS and future activists who are going to be working to overturn this rule um, need to hear from you. Yes. Oh, well, there you go. I, I was unaware, but there you go. Alex Clark says, if you're in the UK, do it. All hands on deck. Yeah, it's a two-part call to action. So part one is the USPS comment, and you can do that, is what he's saying, even if you're outside of the country. Part two is contacting your federal representatives. So you're not going to be able to do part two if you're located outside of the country, but you can do part one. Yeah. I do need to check um, that. I think we we might have, I, I may have misspoke. <laughs> Um, I don't think that we posted the email rah, rah, address. Alex. We could add that quickly, but it is in form yeah. uh, version, I believe. Alex is going to check on that. Another thing that um, anybody anywhere can do, you guys, um, is if you felt the you know so moved to tweet at, email, call, or make your voice heard to these private companies like FedEx, UPS, and DHL, and let them know as a consumer uh -huh. that you are extremely unhappy with their decision that anybody can do that anywhere in the world. Um, so if you guys want to, you know, tweet at FedEx or tweet at UPS and tell them how frustrated you are about this, you Absolutely. know, I don't, that, that is always an option uh, to you as well, right? You know, yeah. you know, vote with your wallet, consumer feedback, well, et cetera. Twitter, honestly, Twitter's a really good place to get at things like like FedEx and UPS because that's like a, you know, they don't want this out in public. They don't want you publicly airing your dirty laundry and all the issues they have with their company where other potential customers are going to see it. So truly and honestly, getting on Twitter and tweeting at USPS or not USPS, UPS, no, FedEx. Yeah. FedEx and UPS is really, really effective because again, at the end of the day, you know, USPS isn't like a for-profit it you know thing it's a service of the government fedex right. and ups are businesses yes and they you can vote with your dollars against businesses like that especially if you make a public stink about it um had a super chat here all caps from truck and reviews so picture this yelling uh, according to an article i got dhl quit shipping vape products in 2014 I have an article on hand if you want to tell me where to send it. Yeah, send that over to me, nickatgrimgreen.com. I'd like to read that. It's funny that you mentioned that because that sounds familiar. There was something with DHL once upon a time with shipping vape stuff, wasn't there? Yeah, I've heard before like that their policy has always been that they don't do this. And I don't right. know the exact technicality. But they've definitely recently doubled down, you know, doubled down <laughs> on it. So I don't know yeah. if it was like technically a policy, but they just sort of looked the other way because like everybody would get stuff from China from DHL, right? Like everybody. So today. I think I don't know if they're being more stringent about it, but they did recently put out something that letter that you showed uh, to yeah. some some businesses saying that we are no longer going to do this. Um, you mean I know this somebody letter? also. Yeah, exactly. I know someone in chat, and forgive me, I can't remember who, also asked about um, DIY and how this is going to affect DIY. Uh, so from what I have heard, um, the biggest concern for the DIY community is getting nicotine. That is going to be, there is 
you know, theory and or hypothesis that other ingredients like VG, PG, you know, even flavorings, because those are used, you know, outside of the vaping industry, um, that may not, may or may not, it's hard to know, but it's less likely that that could potentially be affected um, than the nicotine itself. And so, you know, for DIY type people, um, I, you know, I'm not trying to start telling anyone to panic buy. I personally stocked up on nicotine for DIY because I want to be prepared because I want to make sure, you know, regardless of what happens that I am not going to go back to smoking. So I did go and purchase a large amount of concentrated nicotine that I can store in my freezer and use over time. Um, For anybody, you know, who is really worried about this, I would maybe go ahead and do that. It's not going to hurt anything, right? Nope. To be prepared. Like, nope. isn't that what the Boy Scouts say? Always be prepared. Always be prepared. So, you know, if if you have not done that and that is something that you are concerned about, that is a step that you can take is to yeah. is to stock up on that because that is probably, from what I'm hearing, that's the main concern is the uh, availability of nicotine for DIY. Absolutely. And I last week we posted a, a link that uh, – Mowgli Vape sent uh, back old ECF threads of uh, the chemistry professor literally talking about on ECF long-term nicotine storage. He kept nicotine right. in his freezer for six years, unchanged. So there, there's resources out there. There's information out there. But, I mean, honestly, if you're worried, I would, I would stock up. I would say stock up. Even and, for the peace of mind. I mean, I did it. I've even, got nicotine in my freezer. Even for the peace of mind. And honestly, and I know this is going to sound dumb too, but... Hardware. If you have two mods, buy two more mods at least. Get another mod. And I'm not telling you, just t- just say Grim Green gave me permission to go buy mods. Have a backup for your backup and a backup for that and then a spare and then a backup for your spare and atomizers and coils because you don't want to imagine having, you're like, oh, I stocked up on nicotine. Drag three dies. That's it. You're, you're waiting now to, till you can get to a brick and mortar store to maybe buy a new mod if they have something in stock, if they were able to get something from China. So not just liquids, hardware, stock up, batteries. Now, maybe you don't need to stock up on batteries. You can kind of get batteries wherever. But stock up. I, yeah, I would be surprised if there was an issue with batteries because, again, that's be used sh- in yeah. many, 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 many industries. So I... You know, if you're buying batteries Shocked. from a, a, a straight up battery, not vape related, not anything, you know, website, yeah. I wouldn't foresee, you know, them not being able to ship products anymore. Yeah, it's just batteries. People use batteries for all over all, all sorts of things. Uh, Polly G in the chat asked, uh, will USAV juice be available in Australia after the vape mail ban? So Polly G, unfortunately, I think the conclusion that we're coming to is probably not. I don't. Probably not. That's as firm of an answer as I can give right now is probably not. The, you know, the struggle lies in getting it out of the country. And if DHL and UPS aren't willing to ship something out of the country, that's where the package stops. Right at the damn border right there. Right at the damn border. Uh, Polly G had a super chat too here that says, oh, yeah, same thing. Uh, Will it be available in Australia after chances are slim? You could still get. USA liquid in Australia, if you have a friend who can send you a personal lightweight package 10 times a month, that's still... That is in the rules. That's all in the rules. And you know, honestly, truly and honestly, you know what that feels like to me? This weird little exemption of personal packages. 
that feels like like let the black market be okay it feels like they're protecting the black market think about that pick kids on tiktok saying no ids i'll ship you a puff bar discreet shipping one little puff bar and one little package totally legal come on that's cultivating a black market i mean there's I don't, my tinfoil hat i'm i am perplexed on why they i mean they do it for cigarettes too right that that exemption applies to cigarettes and now to vaping the 10 yes. personal packages per month 10 lightweight um, i don't packages. know why that was initially put in there i, I do no find it idea. interesting but because freedom because freedom yeah right i mean i mean Only see, a little, like, I'm, I'm, yeah just 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 enough to string you along that. yeah i mean if i want to i've gotten tobacco products shipped to me from mm -hmm. friends mm -hmm. um that's fair game they're not making you know hand over fist money s sending me a package so sure. they're not operating as a business as far as anyone's concerned i, I do uh appreciate the attempt at establishing some sort of threshold there um, <laughs> yeah to, uh, enforceable 10 packages am i going to go to the post office with my 11th package of the month and be stopped at the door they're going to go, Nick, that's your 11th package. I, go, I mean, are they, though? Are they? I, 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 I would assume they have some sort of, you know. I feel like they, they just want you to be scared. The post I feel like they just want you to be scared. The idea yeah, that yeah, there's that's... this looming threat of you could get caught and, you know, this it's 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 enforcement by intimidation, really. It's like, look how yeah, overwhelming a, this this regulation is. Look at this pact act. Aren't you scared? It's a it's supposed to function as a deterrent, like um, taking people out with a drone. Take <laughs> that dark really fast. Dang. <laughs> Dang. You went there, you guys. Dang. Uh, had, a, had a super chat from uh, cousin Barbara says, be right back. I got to go tweet and educate some companies. Yes, Barbara. Thank you. I Do knew it. I could cool. count on you. I knew I could count on you, Barbara. Sex King Phil says, Grim, this mail band sucks. Here's $5. Go buy a bag of chips and a soda. Done. I mean, <laughs> shit, Sex King Phil. I'm not going to take your five bucks. A uh, truck in review says, Coil builders should be able to ship coils as jewelry components. Again, terminology right i see no reason why m turk can't continue to sell coils i see no reason why coil turd can't continue to sell coils as hobby parts or decorative wire sculptures or something put it on a string wear it around your neck you'd still sell coils maybe not i don't know but it seems like you can i'm not commenting on business advice yeah i don't want to give any business that's the thing i don't want to well, and it's the same thing like even Jess Marie DHD is shutting down and she just sells drip tips. That's that isn't considered an accessory. That's an accessory and is a tobacco product under the PACT Act that the, a, 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 a ring of plastic is a tobacco product. Welcome to America where nothing matters and everything's stupid. Alex, it looks <laughs> like you had something that you were going to say there. Oh, no. It, the, the joke is, is passed. So oh, okay. Oh, I feel like you that gotta was jump be, in there. I know. I felt like that was going to be a real I, I zinger just, I too. I just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Wim in chat says, uh, 
Grim and Danielle, would it help if I ship from Belgium to America? We are not a vape producer country. Maybe that would work. If I can help this way, I would. So, again, this is the same problem as, you know, A, technically that's illegal for you to do. It's up to you if you want to attempt that. But yes. you should know that technically that's illegal. And B, you're still going to have the pro problem because these policies from UPS and FedEx are global, is my understanding. So in any country, FedEx and UPS are not going to ship vape products, is my understanding. Right. So now DHL did have the caveat. They said specifically domestic, right? That letter specifically said um, domestic uh, on their, DHL. Their United States network didn't. Isn't that what it said? Yeah, it said through uh, the U.S. network. Yes, accept vaping products through our U.S. network. So I don't know if that's leaving it open for international for DHL. International people should look into that. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, but FedEx and UPS did not, to my knowledge, have that stipulation of U.S. only. It, I believe it is a worldwide policy is my understanding. Yeah. And so, yeah. And here's the thing about DHL. I get loads of packages from DHL from China. And when I was talking to my China contact guy, we were talking about DHL and he just brushed up. He's like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll get stuff. You'll be fine. Don't even worry about it. You should have no problems. I'm like, okay. So order from China, DHL. Look, I'm not going to tell you how to break the law, but if you wanted to break the law, it's not that difficult. Um, I'm just going to skim the, skim the chat, see if there are any more uh, questions that anybody had. It's a, it is. It's a weird bummer time in the U.S. right now, but it's not. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's no reason to roll over and die. No reason to roll over and die. And adding. I'm not going back to smoking. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Bob Ohm's too low in the chat says, I've done lots of illegal shit in my lifetime and I never thought vaping would be one of them. What a crazy world we live in. I know. It's crazy that we have to fight for harm reduction products. That's a real interesting dynamic we have here in the United States. Coils are heating elements for your science projects. Yeah, absolutely. And I had that chat on the screen earlier that said he bought a decorative wire from Amazon that was canthal wire for vaping. So I guess ultimately... I don't feel like this is the end of the world, but it certainly sucks, right? It certainly sucks. There's there's huge changes coming, but I don't think, you know, I don't, it's not the death of vaping. It's not the end of vaping because what we have to remember is at the end of the day, vaping will always work. And it's anybody, real easy to do. Wire, batteries, PG, you're good. You can vape and it'll work. And so... I still do believe that at the end of the day, vaping will win. I think it's just going to suck for a while in the United States. And I would encourage you to do a few things. Stock up on uh, nicotine uh, liquids. I don't know about storing liquids with, uh, with flavorings in them or anything like that. I'm sure there's some information on ECF from that professor along those lines, but I'm not sure. Um, stock up, get a spare mod, stock up on some liquids, Support your local brick and mortar store as much as you can. And, you know, I hear a lot of uh, brick and mortars are so expensive. And I know brick and mortars do tend to be more expensive than online shipping or than online shopping. But I think it's important it's because they, they can't buy the quantity that they, online can well, buy. Right. Because right. they don't get exactly. the traffic that on, so you guys have to understand they're not doing it to be dicks. They're doing it because they purchase in smaller quantities than 
you know, Element Vape does, let's say, for example, because Element Vape gets, you know, 100 bajillion orders a month and your brick and mortar, you know, maybe sees whatever, 20 people a day or whatever it is. Yeah. So they can't buy that quantity. So it's not, you know, to yeah. screw with you. It's an economic thing. But mm -hmm. the other thing is, guys, if you want to, you know, and this is kind of a general thing. Because brick and mortar shops may be, you know, the best way for some people at least to potentially still get products. If you have a company, you know, like Nick mentioned, like Jess Marie's Tips or Coil Turds Coils or M Turk, if you like those products, go to your local brick and mortar, even mm -hmm. if you've never been in there before, and say, "Hey, buddy, uh, hey, chief, hi, boss, um, I'm going to be buying <laughs> hey, from chief. you now uh, because of this." you know, regulation and it is what it is. Here's the stuff that I will consistently purchase from you. If you carry my favorite XYZ coil liquid, whatever it is and encourage, like that's how you can help support the businesses that you like to mm -hmm. buy from is mm -hmm. by, you know, talking to your local shops if they are available and saying, can you please carry this product? Cause I will totes buy it from you. Yeah, like, absolutely. Absolutely. Bring them business, you know, tell them, if you're like, I like stacked tube mechs. Do you guys have any stacked tube mechs? No? Maybe you get some stacked tube mechs. Maybe we'll see bigger varieties in vape stores. Maybe we'll see, I mean, I know I'm a capitalist, but we should see the prices come down at some point too. And when, when vape stores are the only, I mean, they're not going to be the only game in town. They're going to be a bigger game in town. I would say support your local vape shop. That That's my biggest Support your local vape shop and do the CASA calls to actions. We had uh, a super chat here from Christian who said, technically Amazon is a private delivery service. So there's a couple problems with that. Yes. First off, they primarily, they do have their own trucks that come to your house. Yeah, but that's all I, I think get anymore. Is, by is and large, Amazon. they still rely on USPS and UPS to do mm. a lot of their deliveries. So yeah. problem there. Also, the other problem is Amazon is the OG of saying no vape products on our platform. So yeah. stuff's but, already outlawed on Amazon. But you can still go on to Amazon and buy vape stuff. I mean, that's, I'm just telling you what company policy is. Sure, sure. But I'm looking here at Lightning Vapes on Amazon <laughs> and I can get, uh, Two spools, uh, 200 feet of 22-gauge canthal tomorrow in my house. We'll check back on this after March 27th or after, you know, whatever. But I still think you'll be able to get Tecmo resistance canthal wire off of Amazon. You'll still be able to get batteries from IMR batteries. You can get a flashlight from a number of manufacturers and... Get some nicotine, freeze it in your freezer. Look, it's not ideal and it sucks. And really, it sucks bad for us, but it sucks worse if you're a smoker right now. That's, I think, That's, the worst position to yeah. be in in the United States right now is to be an adult smoker and wanting to quit and not even knowing, not even being able to trust organizations that you should trust like American Lung and American Cancer and they're telling you not to try vaping and then... Royal College of Physicians is telling people that they should start vaping if you're a smoker and all this misinformation. And now, even if you wanted to try to switch, well, you can't get it in the mail. Probably can't, you know, flavor bans in, in, in state and local places. I, I feel the worst for the smokers right now that have a desire to quit and are trying to get into the vape scene. And like, this is probably somebody's first day as a vapor today. And then they'll 
in a week, they're going to not be able to get their vape gear anymore. And they're not even going to know why. And that I think is one of the most depressing things on earth. And that person probably, you know, won't even think twice and just, Oh shit, I can't get my vape anymore. Good thing. I have uh good old, old cigarettes, good old, good old cigarettes, good old durries as they call them down there in New Zealand, good old durries. So available within a mile of like anyone almost literally everywhere. Yeah. On, on I may be literally every slightly. corner. But definitely, like, I feel like a 20 mile radius, you could probably find a cigarette almost anywhere. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could walk. I could walk to get cigarettes in five different directions. I could directions. too. Yeah. There's a 7 Eleven over there. Yeah, 7 Eleven over there. I got Ralph's cigarettes. What about you, Alex? Where do you buy your cigarettes? Uh, I'm just there's kidding. A, there's, a, there's a convenience <laughs> store up the street. I'm, oh, no, I can't get it from CVS. I don't know if the uh, Kenny Drugs sells them. Um, the grocery store might, we got like kind of an old, old grocery store in a strip mall across the way. Yeah. They should still so, sell them. Oh, yeah. might be no, I can glass, walk, but... I can walk to like half a dozen stores. that will sell me cigarettes. Yeah. It's incredible. How do you get vape stuff? Ah, ah well, it's oh, so illegal oh. that, you know, I mean, that's the tragedy. And here, right. I yeah. live in New York. So yeah. yeah, vape mail has been banned here already. Flavors are banned. The, uh, the vape shop downtown is still a vape shop, but uh, he's had to retool everything that he's. I haven't been in because he sure. all of this happened at the beginning of the pandemic, so I haven't actually done a lot of retail stuff. Um, so yeah, we had three or four shops here in Plattsburgh, uh, and yeah, I haven't been in any of them, but I can't imagine they're doing that great. Yeah, well, and it's a bummer. And this is something I was talking to Chris about too. Is like now these vape shops in order to even stay open or having to like pivot and carry tobacco glass water pipes and CBD mm -hmm. products. And then, and I know this is the dumbest part to be bummed out about, but then you're losing, you're kind of, we're losing that vape shop that like classic American vape shop feel is it's just disappearing. And it's whatever. Maybe I'm looking at it through rose colored glasses, but I'm bummed out by that, that there's not going to be that like vape shop, vibe where you could go to a vape shop and, and talk to other vapors and taste liquids and try new devices and sit in their lounge and play Xbox or whatever, like that's going away too. And that bums me out, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's a huge bummer. I miss the vape shop, the dedicated vape shop. Damn it. I agree. Logan exhales. New York sucks. Uh, I saw someone in the chat had mentioned, uh, when's the last day I would say, if you just want to be safe this week, this is it. This is your last week. I would say stock up this week because you don't know what next week will even bring. Next week is the cutoff date, and it could be a few days after that uh, that this actually goes into effect. So if you're right now sitting here watching TBN worried about if, if you should stock up or if you should make some extra orders, yeah, I would say, yeah, do it. Yeah, do it. Or if you're confident that you have a local vape shop, don't and then frequent your local vape shop regularly so that they have like a regular customer so that they can continue converting smokers over to far, far less harmful vapor products. But, uh, but that's what I would say. Listen, I hope we answered some of your questions here today. Um, we had one more super chat here from M gray. That's right. When is the last date to order M gray today, this week? Don't what, hesitate. Do it soon, but the, soon. the PACT Act deadline is uh, not this Friday, but next Friday. The exact date is the 26th. 
So my guess is you will probably see online stores closing during the week next week. That yeah. would be my guess. Next week. If they are unable to comply with this, which I think most are not able to, they will probably be closing up next week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what, what a nice note to end this stream on. Uh, Ian Thomas. Yeah, here's how we can end this stream. Have you seen the Yorkshire Cancer Research video, Vaping Demystified? Pretty awesome 30-minute documentary. It's the best 30 minutes all year that I've spent all year watching that Yorkshire Cancer Research Center video. Uh, I think it's incredible. I'll put a link down to it in the description. Everybody should watch it. Everybody should watch it and share it with anybody, politicians who are trying to pass anti-vaping legislation um but that's it here we can are I, can you i have give any... a quick plug for something sure yeah plug away alex plug it um uh people may not have seen it may not know much about uh the international network of nicotine consumer organizations oh, the short version is just inco yeah. um but today there's a huge uh release on um pushing back against all of that stuff we were talking about with bloomberg um, and so I, I strongly recommend people check out that that news release. Um, so you can find Inco on on Twitter. Just look for I N N C O. Yep. Um, but yeah, a lot of good information there, and certainly follow that if you're looking for the skinny and the dirt on on Michael Bloomberg and his billions. Yeah, is Inco? Can we can we help Inco take down Mike Bloomberg? Probably. Good. I don't know. Yes. I think, I think Mike Bloomberg is going to take down Mike Bloomberg. But uh, yeah. I, I can sure only hope so. I can only hope so. But like, what is, I mean, what is even, like, you can't just fine him. How do you fine a billionaire? Like, there has to be repercussions for Mike Bloomberg. There has to be some sort of punishment for Mike Bloomberg. I mean, uh, how I don't do you know. hold a public shaming? Public, I don't yeah, know. public shaming? That doesn't, he'll just laugh on his pile of money. Goes, I have billions. I don't I mean, care. I want a pile of money to laugh on. Just I saying. Know. Yeah. I think, you know, if anything, it's it's the potential reputational damage. And that so when other countries see uh, Mikey Mike and his billions coming at their door, they just say, hey, no, sorry. Yeah. Hey, we're we gonna saw what with, you're going to stick do. with what our actual residents want to get done. And right. Yeah. Take your colonialism and uh, yeah. back the heck off. Take perhaps. your colonialism yeah. and your dark money and your Mike Bloomberg is OK with a dictator executing smokers. I'm just going to say I'm just going to put that out there. That is a fact. That's a fact. He's okay with it. It's a gross it. fact. It's a gross fact, but he's okay with it, obviously, or he wouldn't have acted the way that he acted. So, hey, Alex, thank you for coming on uh, coming on here and talking about the vape mail. Appreciate you. Thanks for you, you guys, me. Absolutely. You guys can follow Alex Clark. He's on uh, Twitter there. Hello, Alex. You get inundated with uh, advocacy and CASA and uh, funny responses to tobacco controllers and... Uh, just good times over there on Twitter. He is um, quite comical, you guys. He is. If you're He's, looking for a, a little chuckle, you should Comedy. follow Alex. It's good stuff. It's Comedy good on Twitter. Thanks. But uh, yeah, you guys, this is, is certainly not the end. It's a, it's a speed bump. It's a roadblock. Remember that vaping is a is a global phenomenon now. It's, it's too large and, and too successful to simply be swept under the rug, especially when we have large groups of dedicated advocates like yourselves here wanting to get informed, wanting to get out there and fight the good fight. Um, who said it in the chat? Squeaky geese, grease gets the wheel. It takes 
less than five minutes to do a CASA call to action, just do it. Get on Twitter, tweet at people, get involved. It's really fun. It's honestly real frustrating, but it's also very, very, very satisfying. Very satisfying. At the end of the day, I go, yes, I sent out a lot of angry tweets today. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I feel satisfied by that. So uh, let me just make sure there's no more uh, super chats that popped in there. Uh, yeah, vaping demystified, that will be down in the description. So, all right, you guys. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming out one more time. Thank you to Alex. Thank you again, Danielle Jones, for being my far left fact checker. And uh, we're, it's far, far from the end far, far from the end. We keep fighting. We keep climbing up shit mountain because listen, they can't run from the science forever. We know what happens in countries that embrace vaping. And we know what happens in countries that try to prohibit and deny vaping. And it's inevitable, in my opinion, that vaping will win. It's just going to suck for a little bit uh, in the United States. But please remember, you guys, no matter what anybody tells you, especially Mike Bloomberg and his stupid Muppet face... <laughs> Yeah, Maybe Muppet face. He has a straight up Muppet face and I can't stand looking at it. That's yeah. my impersonation of Mike Bloomberg. <laughs> so no matter what Mike Bloomberg tells you, remember vaping is at least 95% less harmful for you than burning those deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes. So yeah, you guys, no matter what's in your hand, let's keep on vaping. Be excellent to each other, everybody. Peace out.